Coming off the heels of our highly successful journey into the Resident Evil cinematic universe, the Masters of Nonsense embark on a new immersive journey. And the Masters survive the horror of paying the piper. I'm Mike. I'm Rob. And I'm Matt. And now we embark on our new journey, identifying the second best movie of famed legend in both the professional wrestling and Hollywood scene. Rowdy, Roddy Piper. So guys, this is an interesting journey that we're embarking on to not find his best movie, but we thought it would be actually more interesting to discuss his second best movie. So I think we all know, and anybody who's a fan of Roddy, Roddy Piper could, you know, assume what the best movie of all time that he did is. I think that's fair to say, right, guys? Yeah, I think I think we all know already. It's pretty yeah. clear. Yeah, so it doesn't even or we gotta, no, it doesn't even need to be said because if you don't know, then you should shut this off. You should know if you know Roddy Piper, then you know his movies. You should know his best movie of all time. But in case you don't know Roddy Piper, I mean, he's a a very famous professional wrestler. He was uh you know kind of burst onto the scene in the late seventies, early eighties. He became part of what was called the Rock and Wrestling Movement, which led to uh, the very first WrestleMania in Madison Square Garden back in nineteen eighty five. He headlined that show against another notable name, Hulk Hogan, as part of a tag team match. Mr. T was involved. Uh, this became a very kind of pop culture crossover event. And Piper then parlayed this into, I'd, I'd say, a fairly successful Hollywood career, you know, at least in the beginning where he was able to be in a couple of high profile movies. And then it went down the shitter, as it tends to do with all pro wrestlers, not named Dwayne Johnson. So, you know. When we're thinking about the timing of this and like why Roddy Piper is somebody who is important to us, you know, it's really about a formative time in our childhood. We are children of the 80s where kind of that over the top star really kind of captured our attention. So um, so before we start talking about what we think his second best movie is, how did you all feel about Roddy Piper? Like what what were your thoughts of him kind of growing up or like when he first entered your uh, your perspectives? But wait, I still don't know what his best movie is is it pizza so man then, black dynamite teaches a hard way urban legends the ghost of goldfield like shut up all and up, shoot <laughs> they're all up in the running here so that's what rob, we're here to you, discuss yeah yeah so when so rob you're the youngest in the group so like what, what was roddy piper to you when you first encountered him i mean from from what i remember he was always like a talk show host for me because by the time that I was like really watching it and really paying attention and actually can remember what was going on. I just remember Piper's pit. Um, it was like my big moments are Piper's pit, then him versus Bret Hart for the intercontinental title. And then him going to WCW and we were like scrambling the pay-per-views uh, back in the day where you couldn't like, we didn't want to order it. So then we're just trying to see it if you kept changing the channels back and forth. So to me, it's like bagpipes, kilt, and those WrestleMania moments, and then a few interviews here and there. Um, but like, it's still like a fond memory for me because I can like vividly remember sitting in those moments and seeing these things happen. Yeah, what about you, Matt? What was uh how did Piper enter your your universe? Well, all kidding aside, it's really because of you know his number one movie, They Live. And it was because I was watching Joe Bob Briggs Monster Vision in like had them in 97, 98, and he was uh interviewing him. 
and I wasn't really into wrestling at the time. And it was just cool because, like, as he interviewed him, he said that he actually, um, he told John Carpenter that, you know, he was actually homeless at one point. So it kind of, like, he really felt like, it, you know, this character really hit home with him. And then they went through, you know, the whole thing about the fight, that it was supposed to be a short fight, and then it became bigger. And I just thought he was, like, really cool. And then I watched, you know, like, then the movie played, and I fucking loved the movie. And I didn't realize, like, he was, like, a bad guy in wrestling, you know what I mean? Because I always just, I thought he was just cool for that movie. And I always said that I wanted to see, like, other movies of him, which is kind of funny now, you know, what, th almost 30 years later now, finally completing that journey. And, uh, well, we'll get to that in a second. But how about you? Yeah, uh, mine is definitely based on wrestling, and Rob and I kind of watched wrestling on and off for a bit. It was kind of part of the Saturday morning cartoon rotation, so I have, like, flashes of memories of wrestling, and then there was a point in time where, like, that became our thing. Like, we were very much into Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, and, like, wrestling was on the periphery, and then suddenly we shifted to wrestling, and that's, like, kind of everything that I remember. And it's actually when we first got cable, and we got cable in, like, 1992, and at that point, our world just became wrestling. We could see WCW. We could like see all these different things. So funny enough for me is that I remember one of my first people that I remember seeing on TV was the ultimate warrior. And at the time that we saw him, he was the intercontinental champion. Then the next time I remember really getting back into wrestling was like early 92. And at that point, Roddy Piper was the intercontinental champion. And I actually thought that he beat ultimate warrior for the title. So for me, I thought, oh, he's like, no, it's like wow. so many years removed from it. But in my head, I'm like, oh, he's been champion for like years. And then um, when he ended up fighting Bret Hart at WrestleMania 8 and losing, I was a big Bret Hart fan too. But like, this seemed like a bigger deal because I'm like, oh, he beat Piper who beat Warrior for the Intercontinental title. So um, Piper always like was interesting to me because I thought he was like this, you know, like long-standing champion and the funny thing about roddy piper when you look at his career he didn't have a lot of championship belts or a lot of reigns so um that was actually like an anomaly that he was champion at that point in time and he was only champion i think for like two months so and wasn't um, he the bad guy on the cartoon also like he was like yeah the main bad guy so like yeah. he was always trying to like foil like hulk hogan it's it just weird because i like roddy piper better than like the good guys on that show so it was kind of was funny. I watched one episode where they're on like a ship and they try to like take it over or some shit. And it's like Roddy yeah. <laughs> Piper's being a little like sneaky and stuff. Do you guys remember that show? Like Rob, do you remember that show? Not at all. Wrestling Superstars or something? Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, I vaguely remember. And it's funny because I remember I would watch that around the same time that um, it was the other Ghostbusters cartoon, not the real Ghostbusters, the other oh, one the, with the monkey. The original with the monkey and like, yeah. Yeah. The... <laughs> The so I remember like Ghostbusters. Oh, oh, that that one. That was a good song too, but it was a good. Um, that was a catchy yeah. song. You know, it's actually really funny thinking about Piper a little bit more now. It's like I kind of remember him in pulses because it's like those, you know late 80s like that's obviously retro for me because like I had to go back to see that and I wasn't old enough to remember anything that was happening in the 80s. Then you have like the moments in the 90s like those big WrestleMania moments like you mentioned with bret hart then like it's him driving the bronco in the match with gold dust where they just completely stole the footage of oj simpson are you and then it's kidding like me? then you Wait, get into this the is a real thing yes it's 100 yes. real 
Yeah. Then you get to like to the 2000s or late like 2010s or whatever. Whenever Legends House came out. Oh like yeah. Oh, wasn't that a, like a reality show or some shit? Yeah. yeah the, the the reality show where they had a bunch of legends living in a house together, and it's just like this awkward situation with Roddy Piper and uh, Pat Patterson, and then saw Jim Duggan in it. Yes. Yeah. And then there's like a whole moment where he's like howling at the moon for some reason. So wait, it's just wait, like wait, these wait, random wait, wait, bits. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean he was fucking howling at the moon? It was a full I mean, moon. It was a full so moon. He was a fucking werewolf. Like he he was like confessing the fact that he was like having this mental breakdown while they were living in the house, and all of a sudden it just pans to him outside looking at the moon and then howling in the credits roll. What? all right anyway um so let's get to the movies now yeah so i'll just say with with roddy piper like i will not say he was my favorite wrestler of all time he definitely wasn't but super influential somebody i really you know admired and someone who um you know inspired a lot of weird things with me personally so like there was a period of time i got really into the the brand no fear and their clothing and stuff and it's something that i saw that he wore um actually at the 1994 king of the ring like he had a no fear shirt on and i thought it was super cool and i they actually there used to be a no fear shop at the palisades mall and i went there and i bought like 10 shirts and like posters and stuff and it's all because you know freaking piper um so it's just like for me it's you know he's had this like weird kind of uh place in my life where he's like inspired me at like very random periods of time and like you know someone who i've you know being older and being able to look back at some of his stuff really kind of admire him but i have to say when it comes to movies he's done a shit job and um i think this journey of finding his second best movie of all time is going to be a real chore because uh the the pickings are, are pretty slim here so what i thought we could do is um talk a little bit about the individual movies we all decided to watch um so you know Maybe what we could do is just say a little bit about the movie itself, the the one we chose, and kind of what we thought going into it. So, uh, Rob, what was the the one that grabbed your eye in terms of trying to identify his second best movie? So, I watched Body Slim from 1986, and this is starring Dirk Benedict uh, from the A-Team, Roddy Piper, Tanya Roberts, Sam Fatu, and Captain Lou Albano. And what this, what's actually really interesting, I believe this would be the first ever um, Vince McMahon inspired movie. I'm sure there's going to be more that come after this, but it is uh, like a dramatic retelling of the rock and wrestling era of pro wrestling. And it's. um, Does it have bathroom humor? uh, (laughs) Yes. Yes, it does. So it is um, based on Vince then. There's, there's more to it too but um <laughs> but it's uh a music promoter who ends up stumbling into a room with roddy piper there and then he just randomly becomes his manager and now because he's his manager this pisses off captain lou because he ended up firing captain lou over something and now this turns into harry smilak who is uh dirk benedict and he is the promoter it turns into him transitioning his role and finding a way to bring these two worlds together with Roddy Piper and Sam Fatu being his leads 
in uh, a tag team that he would go ahead and have them tour and also have his bands tour. Um, so there's it's a very wrestling centric movie, obviously. Um, and it was it really drama? it is it's a drama and there's a lot of comedy. I will say that the entire time uh, Dirk Benedict talks like he's like a sarcastic asshole and there's no letting up. So it's just listening to him talk. I mean, like the movie ran like 88 minutes and I want to say about 85 of those minutes was just him talking. Okay. All right. And so I'm guessing it grabbed your eye because it was wrestling, right? Is that? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it was a tag team as well. So like I always preferred tag team wrestling over everything. So when I was seeing Roddy Piper in a tag team role, which I mean, obviously his big WrestleMania moments, there were tag teams, but I always saw him as a singles guy. So I was curious to see how this movie would play out. And then also seeing that there were other wrestling names attached to it. I thought that it would be a, an interesting one because it just kind of ties in those two worlds and the way that I always think of Roddy Piper. So I saw a body slam. I said, hey, why not check this out? Makes sense. The tracks. What about you, Matt? Which movie uh, caught your eye to to try to identify if it may be his second best of all time? Well, I tried and I went to the world class streaming service Tubi, where you have to fucking watch, you know, it's free, but you watch commercials. And there was a thing that after seeing They Live, I was like, oh, like what else comes up? And it was this movie, Hell Comes to Frogtown. I was always like, oh, this looks fucking funny and weird, maybe Mad Max ish and shit. So I watched it on, I watched a half hour of it on Tubi. It is about the post-apocalyptic, post-apocalypse. He's a sex offender, but it's okay because he impregnates women. They need men to repopulate the world. So they need him to save these women from mutant frogmen. And he has a thing on his dick that if he like runs away from uh, Sandra Bernhardt, she's the girl from uh, Conan the Barbarian. And she's always acting like she puts glasses on. So she's immediately smart, you know, and like <clears throat> they have to go save these women. The whole time, like the first half hour is a road trip of him, like running away from her and then acting like his dick is about to explode. Right. And then he's like trying to like hit on girls. And then like they find like just a passing woman and like they they like drug her and then she like sleeps with him and i'm like okay this is not cool like even for fucking 80s things this is fucking not cool and i just broke when he finally him and the the lead woman they go into a bar and it's fucking the worst like like um makeup of like mutant frogs like imagine like the ninja turtles from uh what was it the third movie how shitty those outfits were and make them even worse and i was just like fuck this movie so i saw that wait, there was another run oh wait 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 i have, I have some questions yeah, for yeah, this yeah. movie what what year did it come out i think 1988 i think this was like before right before they live which thank fucking god this didn't bring they live down so what you're saying is that this is the second vince mcmahon movie that came out <laughs> it's a good one. I like that. 
So my second so wait, one. Wait, 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 before you get into this, I think what's important for context, Rob, which you might not know this piece of context. So when I met Matt in high school and we would start talking about things, we talked about like wrestling and movies. And he always talked about wanting to see Hell Comes to Frogtown. It was, you know, something that always interested him and he never got around to seeing it. So this is actually One like one of my white whales, if you want to say that, you know, like this is like 25 <laughs> years in the making for him to finally watch this movie and he tapped out. 30 minutes into it and and also his name in the movie is hell correct sam hell got it so you get it hell yes. comes to Frogtown. get it you and get it I, and i thought it was something that like he destroys the town or like it's a town like an apocalyptic setting that's what i thought it meant <laughs> i mean it's appropriating with frogs <laughs> But it is an apocalyptic setting. It's just fucking like the worst, most awful premise for a movie. And then so the second one, I was like, I saw a millisecond of this on uh, pay-per-view like back in the day. And it's Roddy Piper in like a trench coat. And it looked like kind of like a bootleg uh, Blade Runner. So I was like, oh, okay. So I found out it's called Psy Fighters, right? And it stars him. And you know that that guy always played a bad guy, Billy Drago? You know, mm-hmm. you would guys would know him if you saw him. He's like really weird, always playing like horror movies, always the bad guy, right? So first of all, the fucking movie, the lighting, you can't see shit through the first beginning of the movie. And he basically gets like, he's in a colony prison. And this takes place in the far distant future of like 2017, even though this was made in like 1993. And he gets off the colony shit, colony prison and he goes on like a rampage to guess what? Sexually abuse women. <laughs> so like Piper is there with a trench coat and he's like a cop. He's like one of those cops with a happy trigger finger that just, you know, which really didn't age well at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like he's like fighting with his fucking boss. And for some reason, the cops, I guess they had no budget. They all just wear yellow shirts with ties. And then they do a thing where it's like the woman who got sexually abused by Billy Drago, they do like kind of a, um, it's kind of like they go into her mind. But I mean, this is like, remember, 1993 graphics. And she's like, oh my God, I could see his face. And it turns out to be Billy Drago or whatever. And I, I don't even fucking know his name in the movie. It's probably fucking Sam Hell or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, like, yeah, let me just see if I can find his name in it. His name's Detective Cam. Min- Cam- is, is it is his name Mince McMahon? <laughs> God, I can't Sci Fighter. So yeah, it's it doesn't even make sense why it's like Sci Fighters. So then, like, I was just like, I got it was so fucking boring, and the acting is so bad that I was all just acting like, or Piper acting. Oh, all acting and Piper especially. And I don't it believe it. Like, I don't believe it. Look, look this was no they live. I'll just put you, put it that that way with you know with his great one liners. Or he was try. It's like he was trying to be the cool cop, but it just doesn't make any sense. Like he goes to a drug deal, and all of a sudden, like he pulls out his shotgun. They take it from him, like punch him, and then like he takes it back. Then like shoots a guy in the back. Then goes back to the 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 stations like. Yeah, well, okay, I fucked it up. So what? What are you gonna do with me? And they, you know, it's like that whole bullshit. Like you know, him fighting with his, you know, his commanding officer. And honestly, dude, like I was just like, 
fuck this movie. And I, I just ever and you can totally tell that the places they were filming were like places, you know, when like they shut down a place. Like it, it's almost like where me and Mike work, like, you know, it'd be like an office building. And you could totally tell they just like needed it for the night because everything's at night too. <laughs> and then like when like <laughs> there's like one part where like these two guys like totally trying to look like Blade Runner s. They're like doing a dr- like the new drug, and they like try to attack Billy Drago, and he just like breaks the guy's neck. But like the guy, and then the other guy that he's with does nothing and just runs away. And I'm and it looks like it looks worse than fucking like if me and you and Mike made a movie. That's how bad it looks. So yeah, my like my failed attempt at a uh, second favorite Roddy Piper movie failed fucking miserably like i i think in total i mean these movies were like 88 they were like 80 minutes long and i got through like only like 40 minutes of each and i just couldn't do it so that was my uh my trek what about you mike so what i ended up doing was going on imdb and just looking at his movies because i feel like i didn't know he did more than five so i was surprised to see that he had like 10 um and the one that jumped out at me i was basically going by title not gonna lie so i'm like what's an interesting title so the one i picked was called tough and deadly and then when i looked up the actual title for you yeah well when i looked at the poster for it i see it's rowdy roddy piper and it's billy blanks and i'm like wait tybo billy blanks like i have to see this so um the tagline is together they're the perfect crime fighting team on the same case and on each other's nerves so for me, this seemed like a recipe for, you know, buddy, cop, partner bullshit. You know, I think one thing that Piper, at least the things that I've liked about Piper, he's always good at riffing off somebody else, right? So knowing that this is a essentially a tag team of sorts, I'm thinking, okay, this could be interesting. I admittedly had no idea Billy Blanks was in any movies. I thought he was just like a no, guy. He did a lot karate. of directed movies. <clears throat> Yeah, and I mean, you know, for me, he's like the karate martial artist guy, and he's the Taibo guy. So I'm like, all right, you know, we'll we'll kind of give this a shot. And essentially, the premise is Roddy Piper is kind of like a detective um, who ends up stumbling upon this big kind of espionage thing going on that involves Billy Blanks. So essentially, the movie starts off, you have Billy Blanks going into some random house. He's given some information these like assassins descend upon the house and they start killing everyone. They think they kill Billy Blanks, but they don't. He ends up with amnesia. He can't remember who he is or what's going on. And Piper bumps into him and then realizes like, oh, this might be a good paycheck. So now it's Piper trying to help Billy Blanks regain his memory to figure out like, why was he getting attacked? And the thing that actually catches Piper's attention, he's in the hospital with Billy Blanks and someone tries to kill both of them in the hospital. So now he needs to get to the bottom of this. So, this sounds it was way enough. more interesting, just like your explanation of it. It sounds way better than it probably is. Right. So there was enough there that I'm like, okay, I feel like I could work with this and maybe, you know, get someone invested in it. Um, it was an 80-minute movie. It's entirely free right now on YouTube. So maybe we can show clips of it during this. I don't know. But, um, you know, it was, it was another reason why I wanted to watch it. it was accessible to know I could just watch it on YouTube. Um, and... I will say it was a complete chore, but, you know, I got through it. And I think, you know, we'll we'll kind of unpack our, our actual reviews and how we would have these kind of line up shortly. But, you know, when we think of Roddy Piper, right, we, you can't help but think of the 80s. And when you think of the 80s, you think of like 
those movies, those action movies, right? And part of the reason they were memorable, very over the top, you know, usually some type of uh, memorable scene that happens, you know, lots of good one-liners, things of that nature. So knowing that he's a product of that time, I thought we could kind of focus our review on some of these themes, right? So thinking about when you think Roddy Piper, you think this. And the three things that come to my mind when I think of Roddy Piper are one-liners, action sequences, and music. So I thought maybe we could talk a little bit and unpack our movies around those particular topics. So Rob, in watching Body Slam, which is essentially a pretty heavy professional wrestling-focused movie, when you think action, was there a particular action scene that stood out to you as memorable? So it actually is going to go into the action and um, I'm forgetting the exact one-liner, but I'll, I'll kind of answer both of them in this because there's a moment in this movie where, you know, part of the buildup that ends up happening in Body Slam is that um, Roddy Piper goes with the Smilak person. Now that's his new manager. Sam Fatu is his partner. So now they're a team and they're doing this whole well, Captain Lou Albano, who is Captain Lou Morano in this game, in this movie, um, he finds his own team to go ahead and go against Piper and uh, Sam Fatu. So what they end up doing at one point, I can't even remember why the hell this is happening, but um, Smilak is uh, dressed as a woman for some reason. And while he's dressed as a woman, um, the team that Captain Lou had attacked Piper and Sam Fatu in a brutal way. They were using chains and doing all this other stuff. I mean, brutal in the sense of like a PG movie, like nothing too crazy. Mm -hmm. But um, this is supposed to like take them out completely. And we get to these moment, the, this moment where now Harry Smilak is upset. He sees like, what he did was wrong. I can't even remember what the hell he did that caused this, but he sees that he did something wrong. And it leads to this moment now of, you know, that's the big dramatic action scene. Now it leads to him going to check in on his tag team. And there is both of them in the hospital. And Piper's got like, he's got like um bandages all around his body. And then he's got like his head is being held up by like some like sling thing and up onto the ceiling and he can't really talk because I guess his jaw is supposed to be closed and he's just smiling the whole time and like Smilak is like you know I'm so sorry that this happened to you and Piper's there like Lenny from uh of Mice and Men seeming like this <laughs> giant you know idiot who's just like oh no things happen like this is what wrestling looks like and then it goes over to Sam Fatu, who is also all bandaged up, and he's smiling too. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Like, this is cool or whatever. And it's just like, they're not even thinking at all about the fact that, like, they got put into danger by this guy. So all of this happens, and it just, like, reminded me of, like, one, what you anticipate a wrestler turned actor to be because they were just looking like idiots, and then two, it like kind of like broke out in my mind, like, wait a minute, this is what a wrestler's life looks like outside of the ring, because like, they're gonna go to the hospital and just be like, totally fine. Well, whatever the hell happened. So big action scene is definitely that climax of them getting into the situation. This builds up to them going to go for the tag tag team titles, because now they need to, you know, 
win over their manager again for whatever reason. So that ends up building to the the final moments of the movie. Um, and then the one liner, I can't even tell you what the hell he said. He had very limited lines throughout the movie, but he just always seemed like that stereotypical dumb wrestler throughout the whole movie. All right. And Matt, just in case you were wondering, you hear the name Sam Fatu, right? And mm -hmm. it may may make you start thinking about, hmm, Fatu, I've heard that name before. Mm -hmm. And I think, Rob, you could confirm this, but I'm pretty sure Sam Fatu is part of the Anawaii fan, uh, Samoan dynasty, which is another way of saying... Yeah, which is another way of saying he's the Rock's cousin. Correct. So um, we're going to get real controversial here with my pick because, well, first of all, there was really like stupid lines from Hell Comes to Frogtown. And the only two that are online that I looked up is Eat Lead Froggies. So I'm guessing he shoots them. Okay. <laughs> and then the other one, I remember this. He goes, hey. You try to make love into a complete stranger in a hostile mutant environment. See how you like it, which is really weird. Now, when we go, wait, to... was that was that from the movie or from Vince McMahon's legal papers? I think it's from Vince McMahon's <laughs> legal papers that you know he got. Now, the one for sci fighters, I'm going to have to redact a couple of things. It's Casper. Who are you really? And what kind of f word name is Cameron? Huh, Detective Cameron Grayson. That's Roddy Piper. Oh, Cameron's just your regular kind of F word name. Wow. So we 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 see where what we're dealing with here, you know, like yeah, the, with this. Uh, um, why am I blanking on his name? Who's the Who's the guy who wrote uh, Justified? Oh, uh, Elmore Leonard. Elmore Leonard. So we're dealing with like Elmore Leonard level uh, dialogue yeah. here. It Elmore Leonard like. got beaten by a pipe, you know, like. <laughs> So with Tough and Deadly, I have to say very similar to you, Matt, I am highly convinced this movie was filmed over a two-week period <laughs> during evenings that were like, you know, not in, in like desolated areas. And one of the very first things that struck me as jarring was Roddy Piper had this like shoe polish beard in this movie. Um, what? It was like, I've never really seen him with facial hair. He's always either been clean shaven or just like a little bit of stubble. But he had like a beard, not like mine, but like a, like a beard. You have a shoe polish beard. <laughs> the thing is, though, it looked like applied by makeup. And I'm thinking, like, he doesn't have dark hair like that. I'm like, maybe he did grow a beard. Like, we've never actually seen him with a beard in wrestling. Maybe it could be real. And that was, and so, and in full transparency, it took me like two weeks to watch this movie because I was watching it in like 10 minute sittings. Jesus and every Christ. time I would turn this on, I was like, what the fuck is with this guy's beard? So I'll reveal something about the beard towards the end. But um, similar to you, Rob, you know, with like trying to figure out the best fight scene and the best one liner. The interesting thing about this, so for me, it was kind of, it happened around the same time. So like I'll describe the scene in detail to answer both of those questions. But what I really enjoyed about this movie, um, Rob, you know this term. It's a wrestling thing about getting your shit in. So yeah. what this means, Matt, is, is like, thing? no, he gets shit on things. Um, oh, so okay. getting getting your shit in is a way to, like, 
get all your your big moves in. So it becomes important for wrestlers who are going to be losing, for example, right? Where sometimes they take the loss very seriously. They think it's going to hurt their character, their momentum. So they want to make sure they get their shit in. So even though they lose, they're going to get their signature moves in and make it seem like it's something competitive. This entire movie was Billy Blanks and Roddy Piper trying to get their shit in. Billy Blanks found every opportunity to do these complicated jumping kicks. He was doing splits for no reason that made no practical sense. There was a scene where he was behind the door with like somebody with a gun coming from him. And rather than just like stand with his back to the door and try to disarm the guy, he just decided to do a full split across the staircase. And then like as he was in a split, like punch the guy in the head, which makes no practical sense. He loses all of his core strength. That doing sounds like that, he was but... trying to do the John Claude Van Damme. Um, what was that yeah. movie, Time Cop? Remember when that the, the famous split? So it's like I guess he was trying to you know ape on that, right? And then you have Piper, who like what's funny about him is that he was such a like good wrestler in ter- in terms of convincing you of bullshit. So like. I thought he was like a renowned boxer. I don't even know if he actually really did boxing, but he claimed to be like golden gloves. But the entire movie was him just like throwing punches, but like good looking punches. I mean, it's a movie too. So he's constantly looking up if he was a golden glove. I mean, they must have a record. You would think, but like the fucking guy claimed to be from Scotland and he's from goddamn Canada. Wait, what? He's Canadian. No, I know he's Canadian, but why did he claim he was from Scotland? I mean, I could see if he was Scottish descent. Well, that's what's funny when you think of Piper, right? He in no way had a Scottish accent, but like we just bought it that like he he's a Scot. He's got the kilt. He's well, got did the he like fight. was did he come here when he when he go to Canada when he was like a baby? Because then he would have lost the accent. Listen, I think he's like Robin French, I- isn't he? Rob and I have Scottish <laughs> in, in our lineage, and you you hear us like, come on, so. Hey, you sound like assholes. So I'm going, I actually wrote this. This is entirely accurate to the movie. And I could give you and give you a time cue later on so you could see, so you could watch it for yourself. All right. I probably won't, but continue. So there's a scene in the in the movie where Piper's character and Billy Blank's character are trying to get the drop on like these assassins who've been trying to take them out the entire movie. So they're in the in the street. It's at night again because you know they had no budget. (laughs) And they're coming up with a plan and you see there's a guy across the street with binoculars who's just kind of like watching them and then they're like all right you know they're over here so then it cuts like the guy like looks away to tell his friend that they're coming when he comes back you only see billy blanks you don't see piper anymore and then piper is now there like he basically saw them and now he's going to get the drop on them so piper goes to attack the guy the guy that he tries to attack jumps and does a like a jumping spin kick like a complete right. spin rotation kicks him in the face piper gets the kick the guy does another jumping spin kick piper gets the kick the guy right. takes another jumping spin kick three consecutive spin kicks to the face it's basically like rob like one like 1994 one two three kid in the corner like he just kept kicking him in the face right finally piper dodges the fourth one punches the guy and then guess what gets another fucking spin kick so he's just eating spin kicks was he, was, was he fighting john claude van damme because that's like all you know, john claude van damme's known for his spin kicks so then piper's now on the floor and then this is this was his, his big line for me he says and it sounds like matt you wrote this dialogue verbatim what he says wait 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 this sucks man this really sucks could we talk about this 
and then he puts his hand out to like go for the handshake and with his other hand piper pulls a gun out of his pocket <laughs> aims it at the guy and guess what happens he gets a fucking spin kick <laughs> then are you fucking serious then the guy pulls out his own gun right so now he's got piper dead to rights right now billy blanks parachutes into the scene does a flying scissors kick like Booker T style and somehow turns it into a crucifix arm bar. He disarms the guy and while still holding him in between his legs, points the gun to his head. I feel like this movie's much more interesting with you explaining it than actually watching this shit. I- I've never seen so many spin kicks before in my life. None done uh, by yes, Piper, though. None done by Piper. And like, the other thing about this movie that was weird, so, like, you would think all oh, this guns and all this stuff, like, you know, is there any real peril in this type of movie? The the death count in this movie, at least five people were killed in the first 15 minutes of this movie, and they just continued to die throughout the movie. So, Mike, like, I'm really pissed off that you don't know what movie has more spin kicks. It's one of our favorites. Spin. Hot Shots Part 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. This... no. I'm sorry. No, no. Loaded Weapon... National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. That's the one. Because remember when Emilio Estevez, he just keeps doing the spin kick? Yeah, that's basically what happened in this movie. But there were even more spin kicks than that. Jesus Christ, that's a lot of spin kicks. A lot of fucking spin kicks. So, um, yeah, the one-liners weren't, you know, that great. That was the best one that I could come up with. Um, There's one that's like, uh, I won't won't mention it, but I'll just say it wasn't the most racially sensitive uh, comment to make in 1995 and it was just kind of jarring as a result but... look i think we all accept that these movies would be canceled like like fucking right away if they were made today right and then rob i think you'd appreciate this you know having watched roddy piper he actually does kill a couple of people with sleeper holes perfect which was his finishing move back in the day so yeah but um... doesn't it take a long time to kill somebody like with a sleeper hold I mean, so did he like just like do this like for a second, and then the guy spills it out? No, he kind of got it in. He sunk it in. He like twists a little, and then he kind of did like a snap thing. So, oh, was it like? But was it like you could tell that it was like a foley artist did the snap thing? Like it snapped like celery in the back, and you know. Oh, all right. So speaking of sounds, right? So let's think music. Was there any memorable music in either the movie or any no. of the movies that you watched? No. So. <laughs> No. So Body Slam had like original music created for it, like super 80 sounding music. And it's like like the like chorus for one of the songs is Body Slam. And then there's like a tag team song. So like the music part of it, I mean, it felt like it was trapped in its time. And I think it was too late for its own time, too. But um I I mean I'm I'm sure you can find the the soundtrack on like spotify or apple music now and, and just check it out and it is exactly what you would anticipate that sounding like and matt from the 10 minutes that you watch of these movies did any of the music stand out to you no especially sci-fighters i think i don't even know if it had a fucking soundtrack it had one of those like generic like fucking back in the day pay-per-view you know what i mean fucking low budget movie soundtrack that you know they they would build up in like the commercial coming you know coming soon and you think it's cool because it's radar and then you watch the bullshit so so i don't 
I don't know the the actual instrument that is used to make this sound, but do you know like when like for example when you watch a movie and they do like kind of a dream sequence or something like a fantasy thing and you hear like the chimes? Yeah. Like is that like light chime song? You know what I'm talking about? They use that sound effect at least 130 times throughout this movie. But were there dream sequences? I don't every musical, like any piece of music that they had had that shit in it. And it was, was driving the whole movie me insane. A dream? Was it your dream? Well, <laughs> and like I think it was this so sounds jarring. like you're making this shit up. You know that. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I think it was so jarring because I the way I watch it, I watch it in like 10 and 15 minute chunks, and it's like, why do they keep doing these fucking chimes? Like every couple of seconds they did these chimes. You really like fucking passionate about these chimes, dude. I listen to me. I hope you'll watch this movie and you'll understand the fucking chimes. I think I'd like to save 80 minutes of my uh, existence on this earth and not watch this fucking movie. Yeah, but this this movie in particular might have the Guinness World Record for most spin kicks, so. What was the guy fucking becoming a helicopter? He was like fucking spin kicking so much. So now that we've kind of, I think, analyzed the important parts of a Roddy Piper movie, you know, now we have to really come to a consensus about determining the second best Roddy Piper movie of all time. So we've each done some of our due diligence. Like I said, I think there's only like 10 or 15 Piper movies. So we watched like a third of them at this point. So for, for you, Rob, you know, is Body Slam worthy of the important designation of second best Rowdy Roddy Piper movie of all time? No, not at all. One thing that I, I mean, as far as a wrestling movie too, I mean, it's not even that high on the list, but they did have some pretty uh, high caliber names on there because Ric Flair shows up. Captain Lou is oh. there. Um, who was the other one? I know Freddie Blassie. But like the weird thing about all those things is that they showed up in like full character, but Roddy Piper was not. And he was like Quick Rick character. or something like that. I don't remember what his name was. So like, I don't know why, and you had Captain Lou Murano, but like, <laughs> things like that. But like, overall, I mean, the movie just kind of happens. Um, I guess for the time, I can see it being interesting. Um, and this was actually a straight to like home video movie because they, no, uh, really? really? <laughs> yeah. So, I so I was looking at that one. Yeah. So no, I was looking it up. It was supposed to be a theatrical release, but there was like a lot of like tension with like the writer and producer and distributors or whatever. So then they just like there was like some lawsuit going on, so they can never release it in theaters. I am kind of glad that they didn't because I imagine it would have bombed anyway. But um, I mean, as far as like a Roddy Piper performance too, um, he just seemed like a lovable idiot. Um, and he played like a very stereotypical wrestler. I don't think that this was in any way like challenging his acting uh, chops. And I think that it was like very much like it must have been very early in his career before he started to like take off into more dramatic roles. Um, so I think that there's still there's still something better out there on the Piper scale than Body Slam. All right. All right, and then Matt, you you took it a step extra, and you know tried and failed to watch two of his movies. Yeah. So I would um, like to put it on a scale of five Vince McMahon shits each one. 
So they were just that terrible. And uh, yeah, I think the search is going to continue because these were not it. And it's really disappointing when hell comes to frog town. But like I said, when you see a stripper fucking frog and her like fake nipples out, I I was like, I was done. I was just like, I'm not watching this shit. Were they eating flies or anything like that? No, they were just like in a fucking frog outfit. And she has like, you know, she's like dancing on the fucking on the the bar and she's like "Ooh, look at me i'm a naked frog chick and i'm like is this like is this fucking real right now was she on a lily pad no mike she wasn't on a lily pad you frogs have nipples yeah well anyway (laughs) what about you (laughs) would you recommend (laughs) your fucking movie um, you seem like you fucking loved it with your fucking spin kicks and your uh... <laughs> spin kicks and chimes. And chimes, yeah, dude. We're gonna get you chimes from now on, so you can always remember this. So, you guys actually chopped words out of my vocabulary at some point in my life. Please do not try to torture me with chimes because I really can't take it. Like, oh, it's wow, almost... we're gonna torture him with chimes. You know that, right? It's like traumatic at this point. Um. I'd say this movie that I watched, Tough and Deadly, is like the perfect, you're homesick from school and like you're watching a movie on cable. Like if I watched this when it came out like in 95, like on a sick day from school, I actually might like this. Like I wouldn't say it's the greatest movie of all time, but like it has the elements, just like the 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 fucking everyone getting their shit in. Um the story's like kind of interesting. It, it it fizzles apart completely at the end, but um, it has like enough of the elements. And I feel like Piper really does well when he could like riff or react off somebody else. Like you said, Rob, he's not like a, a, a renowned dramatic actor, but I think he's really good at just like playing off other people's energy. So it had the elements to potentially be, you know, one of his top movies, but um, I wouldn't feel comfortable, you know, naming this as his second best. And as I alluded to before, the shoe polish beard that was driving me insane, I was convinced it was just bad makeup. And like, they just like try to like, you know, put this beard on him. And the last like 30 seconds of the movie, which they clearly shot like months after, um, you know, they're, they're kind of just like wrapping things up. And now like these two are going to live happily ever afterward or whatever. And he has just regular stubble. He doesn't have this fucking shoe polish beard. So the beard was a work the whole movie. It was like probably legit shoe polish no maybe it was character development that it's like you know that was him in his dark period his edgy period like you are every Uh, day and then fucking he he shaved because now it's like he's a good you know he's like he completed the mission you know what i'm saying he didn't shave the beard is just different so now the beard represents him letting go of his own darkness is that what you're saying basically i mean i'm convinced you use fucking shoe polish but anyway that's a different story altogether a real shitty thing to say well it looks good hey i i don't have fucking hair so i can't complain hey remember when you yelled at me and rob because we told you you should shave your head and grow a goatee yeah and you know what you guys were right so are we gonna continue this roddy piper uh search for the second best movie yeah, do you, do you guys have any closing thoughts to share? Because I think we have to make a determination which of these movies is the second best. So any They're not. Any... They're not even fucking the third or fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh best. You feel that way, Rob? 
I mean, I think so. I, I mean, spin kicks and chimes don't really sell a movie on me, and uh, neither does a. Well, Make I don't know. I, the, the 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 frog situation actually, I'm more interested in to see because there's none and of none of the things problem. that you've said. None of the things that you've said. I, I can't visualize any of it. Like there's just no, there's no context. There's no part of my brain that can actually pull all those things together. Rob, I um, couldn't either. And I watched the fucking movie. Like that was the whole fucking point. He's running away from her. And she like has on her earring, the little thing that, you know, shocks his dick. And he's like, Oh, like literally going oh, like that. And I'm like, this can't be fucking for like, this can't be serious. I hate to say it, color me intrigued. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know what? Tubi? You, you said Tubi? Yeah. yeah, you guys have fucking fun on Tubi. Tell me how, you know, when he goes, like, you know, eat lead froggies. All right? <laughs> let, let, let me know when that part comes up, okay? So, okay, so I guess we could say we didn't find his second best movie. So it sounds like the journey will need to continue to determine that second best movie. And, like... When you think of like where do we go from here like how could we even find his second best movie um rob you mentioned about piper not necessarily being like a dramatic actor so we need to find a movie where he's like kind of himself maybe even playing himself i don't know mm-hmm. so then now you start thinking about what are what are other things that we like what are other things that capture our attention we wasted weeks on Resident Evil movies, and what's the focus of those Resident Evil movies? Zombies. Hmm. Zombies. And pro wrestlers. So maybe we need something where we Dumb. take the pro wrestling element of Dumb. Body Slam, Dumb. Dumb. and we take the zombie element of Resident <laughs> the, Evil. The, and the sci-fighting. <laughs> the sci-fi. So and we take all that. snaps. Right, and then we minus the spin kicks, and then what are we left with? I think we might be left with the second best Rowdy Roddy Piper movie of all time. Pro wrestlers versus zombies. So with that, I think the next step in our journey of determining the best, second best Roddy Piper movie of all time, the Masters of Nonsense experience pro wrestlers versus zombies so before we get to that make sure to check out our past episodes on youtube and all of our past episodes on your favorite podcast platforms it's been real it's been good but it wasn't real good <laughs>